Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. My name is Carrie and this is Camden and we've been attending Freedom Church for eight years. Camden is adopted. He, um, His biological mom is a friend of mine that couldn't take on another child and um, we were together one night and she just asked me if I would take him after he was born. A lot of times you get told that it's going to be financially hard to be a parent but they don't um, people don't really talk about how mentally hard it is to be a parent and um, how lonely it can get because you're so focused on raising your kid that you lose sight of who you are. The church really gives you people that will rally around you, um, not just people who have been in your shoes, but people who are going through the same situations that you are. And um, it's been really beneficial having people who have already been where I am now that can help guide me in the direction that I need to go, especially when I'm feeling confused and lost. I would say I found hope through like the adults, through Pastor T, Pastor Wes, Pastor Adam, and because they've shown me how to live through Christ, even in my roughest times. I'd say they've really affected me because if like either she can't tell me something or like I have a question about like Christ or like what would happen if something happened, I can ask them if she doesn't have an answer. So I feel like that's one of the things that have really helped me. Uh, having her in my life has shown me what can happen even without a biological parent really in my life because if one of my friends is having the same problem, I can help them with it. And if I have a problem with someone, I can go to her even if she might not know the best answer. Like, what is a word of encouragement you would give them? Be trustful. Even if they say something that you might not agree with it, just go with it. Pretend you agree with it, even if you don't like it. I, I think it's, it's important to make time for yourself, especially as a single parent. And um, sometimes doing that, you have to reach out to other people and um, voice your need and um, just allow people to bless you and you can find those blessings in the church. Let's give God praise for his grace and his faithfulness. What a beautiful testimony. So I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. If it's your first time, we welcome you. If you've been here all the time, we're so glad that everyone is here, those online, those that's in the audience. Thank you for coming today. The last couple of weeks, we've been doing a series called Don't Blink because when it comes to raising kids, you have them for a season to be able to influence them. But this series is not just about just parenting alone. We're understanding how to have healthy relationships. And today, we're going to move on, and I'm going to be talking in particular about hope for single parenting. But when you think about hope for single parenting, you know, and you're not alone, we're not alone at all when it comes to our great God. So we're going to have a great learning experience today as we dive into God's Word. But I, un, I, I basically set it up like this. How many of you are like me, you ever had, you had a situation to where that you got lost and you were alone. Raise your hand. Somewhere physically, you got lost, you're alone. That happened to me a long, long time ago. I was hunting on a Fort Campbell Army base, and it's a very large base, 105,000 acres. 
And back then, there wasn't, you didn't have GPS, we didn't carry phones, there was nothing like that. And I was hunting, and you just kind of get lost in the moment because it's just a wilderness there. And I remember distinctively thinking that I was new my way back to my truck, and then it was pushing toward the afternoon, and the sun was going to start going down. And when I really realized I was lost is when I came back to the same spot that I started, and my truck was nowhere to be found. Well, it's an eerie feeling whenever you know that dark is approaching, uh, you don't know where to get out, you know how to get to your vehicle, you wonder. And so all those feelings begin to creep in, and I realize, man, I'm lost, and I'm alone. And it's just a really, really bad feeling. Well, I think a lot of times, and thank God I was able to, to keep looking, and God guided me, thank God he guided me to where my truck was. But I think that happens a lot to us in life. It happens to us physically, it happens to us emotionally, it happens to us relationally, it happens to us financially, it happens to us with our health. Sometimes we just feel lost and alone. It happens when you're single parenting and you're wondering, does anybody understand what I'm going through? Well, today, what I'm going to share with you today and what we're going to unpack is a beautiful story about a young lady named Hagar. How many of you have ever heard of a young lady in Genesis in the scriptures called, her name was Hagar? Yes. How many of you have never heard of Hagar before? Well, you're thinking, Hagar, it's like you're barfing. It's not that, Okay. Uh, but we're talking about Hagar, a beautiful young Egyptian lady, and we're going to learn some really great real-life lessons from, from her and her single parenting. And for anyone here, whether you're a single parent or not, whether you feel alone and you feel lost sometimes. So we're going to unpack this story so you can turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 16 or turn on your Bible to Genesis 16, where she here, when we start in the story, we find out that Hagar is a servant to Sarai, who along with her husband Abram, and this was their names before God changed them, she, Sarai, was unable to conceive a child. It reads like this. It says, Genesis 16, beginning with verse 1, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. Now, I want to pause here just for a moment and park here. Our hearts are here for anyone of you here that maybe you're like Sarai and you're not able to conceive. I want to encourage you to not stop believing. Keep believing, keep praying, keep seeking God. Because here's what I've witnessed over the years in our church family here. I've witnessed God bring about wonderful miracles where those who were not able to conceive, all of a sudden God produced a miracle that they can conceive. And those who they couldn't conceive, but yet God gave them the option for adoption and they have a beautiful family. So let me encourage you, if you're here today and you're wondering, man, I picked the wrong series or I picked the wrong Sunday to be here. God is able, can do exceedingly above what you and I ask Oprah could ever think. That's our great God. It says, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as, his, as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. Understand that it was the custom of their day for barren women like Sarah's situation that they could bring another woman to give to their husband as a wife to be able to bear the husband's child, which basically Hagar became a surrogate mom for Sarah. We continue. It says, so Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. 
Now, let me pause here for a moment. Um, gentlemen, husbands, how many husbands have got an audience? Raise your hand for your husband, okay? All right. Now, how many of you have ever, and you've been married, and your wife come to you, and she said, it's all your fault. Now, don't look at your wife. Just look at me and just blink. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So, we got big shoulders. We can handle it, right? But a lot of you, and we've all been in this situation where our wives looked at us and said, it's all your fault. Well, this is what Sarah is saying to Abraham. I put my servant into your arms, but now she, that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. Twice, Sarah is saying that Hagar has treated Sarah with contempt. Now, understand this. Here's the situation. Hagar is a slave. Sarah was given to the father of this great nation, going to be this family living in Canaan now, and she is now going to birth the father of this great nation's child. That made her somebody. Do you follow what I'm saying? Say yes. So it wasn't so much necessarily that she's trying to rub it in Sarah's face, but the fact of it is, is that she is pregnant with his child. So it goes on to say here, the Lord will show you who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so you deal with her as you see fit. Typical argument, right? Then Sarah treated Hagar harshly that she, that she finally ran away. See, when Hagar got pregnant, Sarah got jealous, and so she drives Hagar out of the house, pregnant and alone. There, Abram's not in the situation. There's not another man to support her, protect her. So she found herself wandering in the wilderness by herself. Hagar was about to become a single parent because she got caught up in somebody else's plan. Maybe that's you. Whether you got caught up in somebody else's plan and you got pregnant. Or some of you here today, you're wandering in the wilderness and you really kind of feel like, Hagar, you, you got caught up in somebody else's plan because you married your high school sweetheart. Next thing you know, you got kids and they're out and they're gone because they decided they didn't love you anymore. Or maybe you have a situation in the household to where the, your mate gets caught up in addiction and becomes abusive or you have a situation where that you're not even married. You're single, and you're wandering, and you're wandering in a wilderness, and somebody else's plan kind of messed up the plans you thought you had, or you're single again, and somebody else's plan messed up your plan. Whatever it is, these kind of situations that happens among people destroys people's hope, because that's what God wants to give us. So today, I want to share some things, and we're going to pull some great, great, great word from this story about Hagar. That when hope really seems to be diminished, hope when life hurts, that's what we're going to look at. First and foremost, hope is found in being seen. Now, let me ask this question to, to kind of go along with this. How many of you here, when you graduated high school, you had like a senior party or a senior trip and you did something stupid on it? Come on, there's more people than that can share with me in the humiliation. Come on. Yeah, a few of you did, right? Well, what we did, we took off and went to Del Hollow Lake. How many of you ever been to Del Hollow Lake? Raise your hand. Yes, great place. So we're, we get up this morning, we decide we're going to walk all around the lake. Other than the lake, it looks like this spaghetti you throw on the ground, and it's all got all these squiggly things on it for thousands of acres. So we start walking around this lake, and next thing you know, we walk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. Well, Ben and my stupid friends, not naming any names, 
realized that we had went further than what we could walk back and didn't know really where we were. Now, we were not lonely. We were with each other. But then we hear this motor running. And so he did. It's just like yesterday, man. I'm thinking, thank God for a pontoon boat. We've seen a pontoon boat. So all of us dummy seniors starts jumping up and down, doing jumping jacks, hollering and screaming, and finally got the attention of the guy and the woman owned the pontoon boat. And they drove over to us and they said, well, you don't know where you're at, do you? I said, no, we don't know where we're at. Could you take us to where we think we need to go? And so they graciously loaded us on there. But if they had not saw us, I don't know what would have happened that night. I guess we would have had uh, some kind of wood for a pillow and leaves for covering. I don't know. But there was hope found in being seen. Well, that's for us that day. That's the same thing for Hagar. Check this out. It says, beginning with verse 7 here in Genesis 16, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring in the wilderness along the road to shore. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? <laughs> that was what they asked us. They said, where have you come from? Where are you going? I don't know. It's a long ways back this way. We think. We do not know. We had no come. We had nothing. But here, when you look at this story, the angel of the Lord, you know who the angel of the Lord is here? It's Jesus pre-incarnate. He goes out into the wilderness for the benefit of a single mother-to-be. This is awesome. So in other words, Jesus showed up. How many times in your life has Jesus showed up when you needed him the most? That's what happened right here in this story. Jesus showed up, and that was good news for Hagar. And if you're a single parent, that's also good news for you. And when you have been rejected, or when your father or the mother of your child is nowhere to be found, God knows the situation that you are in. And he also knows where to find you, that he loves you, that he is for you. He has great passion for you. Even when you're hurting the most, God feels that pain that you're going through. He knows your loneliness. He knows your stigma. He knows your pain because those are the very feelings that Jesus had on the cross when he stretched his arms out to die for you and for me. And just think, Jesus calls Hagar by her name and says, where have you come from and where are you going? And in other words, what is he saying here? What's your story, Hagar? All of us have a story. What's your story, Hagar? Do you need help? Do you need healing? I love you and I see you, Hagar. Just like he sees all of us. So there's hope in life first in being seen, but also there's hope in being heard. Now, communication's a big deal. It really is between humans. And there's and and a lot of times, <laughs> there's times past I've tried to be a better listener for my wife. And we would be having a conversation, and my wife would say, would be talking to me, and then she would look at me, and she would do this. Repeat back to me what I just said to you. I love you. <laughs> so I learned a valuable lesson. There is a big deal when someone's talking to you that they hear you. And when you look at this beautiful story here, check this out about hope being and found and being heard. It says, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and, I will, and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears for the Lord has heard your cry 
of distress. See, when God showed up, he tells Hagar to be able to name her son Ishmael, which means that God hears and God knows. And every time she would use that name, she would remember something about God that God cared. And that is the beauty of the grace of Almighty God for a single parent. For Hagar here, she is out her own. She has no help. And God says, I know that. I'm here for you. I heard your cry. It goes on here in verse 12. It says, this son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Now, Hagar saw hope in the name of her son, Ishmael, because God hears. But it gave her hope for a future that her son, even though he's untamed and he's unbridled, he is going to be one that's not going to be a slave like her. So she finally sees new sight and new provision in God. Some of you may get to the point that you don't see the new sight and the provision that God wants to give you, no matter what your situation is. God is going to be there for you. He not only sees you, he hears you. Verse 13 says, thereafter Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? See, Hagar responds giving God a name. And it was very rare in the scriptures that someone would give God a name. But she gave God the name Elroy. Elroy, and when he gave her this name, he was declaring, you are the God who sees me. And maybe some of you here, you wonder, does God really see you in your situation? Does God really see you in your pain? Do you, does God really see you in the stigma that you might feel like you're carrying the weight of that? Does God really see me? Maybe you have another name for God, a name that doesn't reflect much hope. Maybe when you look to God, you think, God doesn't see me. God is a silent God. God is an angry God. God is a distant God. God is a delaying God. Or God is a God who doesn't answer my prayers. But maybe you've been given a false identity of who you are. Maybe you think, I'm unlovable. I'm overlooked. I'm not good enough. So in, that, in turn, what ends up happening, you've given God that false identity. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you who God is. God is a God of hope and a God of love. He is our everlasting Father. He is our Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. He is the God who sees you and He calls you by name, especially when you calls on you for salvation in Jesus Christ. He is a God who knows our situation. Do you really know that God sees you? Think about that. He sees the circumstances that you're in. He's out there. Sometimes you feel like you're out there in a desert and you're all alone. And there's no one to provide for you. There's no one to give you spiritual and emotional covering. No one to give you protection. You feel like nobody cares. God sees our hurts. God sees our heart. And he sees our hopelessness and our brokenness and our longings and our sufferings. God sees all of that. And you take that and you know that. God isn't unaware of what you're going through. God knows that. God says, I love you, and I'm here for you. 
Just think about the saga here of Hagar. The saga of Hagar doesn't end here. It's going to even get better. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I cannot stand three words when I am sucked into a TV show and it pops up and says, to be continued. How many of you are like me? You hate that. It is horrible. Thank God for TiVo. You can just cut out the commercials and cut out the to be continued and then just keep going, right? You know, that's why that I just record them and binge watch them. I don't have to worry about it. I get from the beginning to the end. But here, the saga of Hagar does not end. It jumps over to Genesis 21. And here we see Hagar It was instructed to the, by the Lord to go back to Sarai. And by now, Sarah and Abram is Abraham and Sarah, and they had had Isaac as the promised child that God told them that they would have. But one day, Sarah, she sees Ishmael making fun of Isaac, and in essence says, not in my house, ain't happening here. So she tells Abraham to send Hagar away along with his son, and now they're homeless again and left wandering in the wilderness alone, and now... Here's Hagar. She is truly a bona fide single mother. It says in Genesis 21, beginning in verse 14, it says, So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she burst into tears. But God, <laughs> say that with me, but God, now say it like you mean it. But God, this makes all the difference, but God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. When you are lacking hope and life is hurting, you've just got to bank on the fact that God sees you. God hears you. But ultimately, hope is found in God who knows. This is a classic single parent scenario that with a few changes of the details and the geography, it could basically be repeated today. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Hagar lost her home. She has a teenage son here that she's got to take care of. She finds herself on the streets. She doesn't have any money in her pockets. She's thirsty, probably hungry, and feared her boy was going to die. So she sits down in despair and breaks out into tears. Who wouldn't do that? Look here, I want to revisit Genesis 16 and verse 11. It says, and the angel also said, you are pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. 
For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. God heard Hagar's cry of distress. But how many times have you been in a dire straits of a situation and you cried out and you burst in tears where there's something to do with your relationship? It's something to do with your finances. It's something to do with a bad doctor's report. It's something to do to where you're depressed and and you don't seem like there's no hope. And next thing you know, you just say, man, there's no use. There's no hope. It's just time to throw the towel in. I think all of us are honest. We've been there at some point in time. In our lives, God hears us, and God sees us, and he loves us so much, and he knows what we're going through. So here, you look at verse 17 of Genesis 21, but God heard the boy crying. Even if you're a single mom and you've given up, he knows what your kids are going through. And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. But God hears the boy crying. No one knows really the stress of single parenting, but single parents. And it's hard sometimes, and you may want to give up. But God knows and he sees you and he hears you and he knows your situation. But he also sees and hears your kids too in their distress. Listen to me. God's delays are not God's denials in your situation. Sometimes whether we're dealing with a single parent situation or we've got a marriage that's holding on by threads and we don't know if we're going to make it or we don't know if we're going to make it through some of the dire straits of situations that we find ourselves in. So many times what you do, you throw the towel in. You've got to turn the obstacles into opportunities. And so many people, they throw the towel in right before the breakthrough because God is there and he sees you and he hears you and he knows what you're going through. And God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He wants to take you into the future that he made for you. You see what I'm saying, church? It makes a huge difference. You've got to refuse to throw the towel in. You've got to go the extra mile. Failures don't go the extra mile because they refuse to travel that route. That's what happens no matter what you're facing. It's far better to be exhausted from success than it is to be rested from failure. Grab that and take ownership of that. So when the Son of God here in the story shows up again, he asks Hagar, what's the matter with you there in verse 17? In effect, he was saying, Hagar, Hagar, have you forgotten what I did for you earlier? Have you forgotten that? How I found you in the wilderness and you were pregnant and Sarah had chased you away. Have you forgotten that, that I was there for you? Do you think I'm going to remember you one minute and forget you the next? That's not God. He's the God who sees. He says, do you think I'm blind now? That's what God is looking at. And as a single parent here, or any of you, if you find yourself and you feel invisible to God, God sees. God hears you. God knows your situation. And you may be far from the ideal situation. But let me tell you something, church. We serve an ideal God. He is amazing. I want you to listen to this verse here about how that we know that God knows. As we wrap up, check this out. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 He says, for I know. Look at the person next to you and say, for I know. Who says he knows? God knows. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. 
says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Listen to me, single mom, the greatest thing that you can ever do is have your hope in God. The greatest thing you can ever do is have a passion for God. You say, well, why is that, Pastor? Because God knows that because you have a passion for Him, that you have someone who can father your child, and you have a husband, a heavenly father that can protect you. You don't throw the towel in, you just say, God has a plan, see? That makes a difference. Listen to me, single dad. God knows what you're going through, and he understands. And as you know God and you lean into God, he's going to be the one that understands a father's heart, how you have the desire to be able to take care of your children. Don't throw the towel in. God has a plan. Some of you are single here today, and you wonder if you're ever going to get Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, or you're single again and things messed up in the past. You've got to understand that God has a future and a hope for you. It's not disaster. That God has a plan. Some of you here today, you are depressed or you're financially strapped or you're in some kind of addiction that keeps creeping up and you're thinking you're going to fall to it again. Understand that God has a plan. Don't throw in the towel to that temptation. Some of you, your marriage, you're just thinking, man, are we going to make this? All we do is fight and argue. And listen, don't throw the towel in. God has a plan. As God was with Hagar. So he is with me and he's with every one of us. He loves us. He's there for us. And he's the God who sees. The God who hears. And he's the God who knows. Listen to me. You know what you do with the towel? You don't throw the towel in. You just wave the flag right here and say, God, I surrender. I surrender to your will. I surrender to your way. I surrender to your purpose. I surrender to your future that you have for me. That's for good and not disaster. I'm not going to throw the towel in. I'm going to pursue you, God, with everything I've got in my heart and my mind and my soul. And when you do, that wonderful God who sees you, who hears you, who knows you he's got you and that's God would you stand with me as we pray Father we love you so much and we praise you so much you're such a merciful loving gracious hope filling God God I pray God you touch every life here today and let them know that you are ever present your life-giving, the Jehovah Rapha that brings healing to pain. Pray, God, you lift any burden, God, that anyone may be bearing. Your Holy Spirit move in this moment, God. As we continue praying and you're looking into your life right now, Some of you may be afraid of what that future holds and you may be afraid that God's not even there with you. You may have financial fears or you're concerned about your relationship or tension between you and your spouse or does God really care about I'm trying to make it raising these kids by myself or some of you are fearing drama and you got drama with family and past hurts and just maybe you're here today and you're feeling alone. I just want you to know that God sees you, God hears you, God knows what you're going through. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's hit you in any way and you know 
that you need to reach out to God today. Lift your hand real high and say, I want God to see me today. I want him to hear me, and I believe God knows what's going on in my life. I need God today. Just lift your hand real high. God bless you. Amen. Across the auditorium everywhere. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something special today. They're going to sing, what a beautiful name. Just like Jesus went to Hagar, Jesus is coming running to you. I want to ask you, those of you that lift your hand, or maybe you didn't lift your hand, whatever has got you lost and feeling hopeless and feeling burdened, I want to ask you to step out. Don't worry about who's beside you. And so many times people go to church and they put on this perfect face. This is not a hotel for saints. This is a hospital for sinners beginning with me. So I want to ask you to step out and come up, whether you're a single parent, you're in a marriage, or you're praying for fertility. Whatever it is you're praying for, there's hope in our great God. So I want to ask you as they sing this beautiful song to come up. We're going to have a special time of prayer. And God is going to do something miraculous here. And God is going to do something like you have never, ever thought of. Just come right on. Don't wait as they sing. Come right on. I'll ask our prayer warriors to come as well and and pray in just a moment. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. has come up to pray and and if you would I'd like our our pastors and other prayer warriors to come up and and pull in behind them and lay your hands on them and and let them know and then I'm going to pray with all of you all here just in a moment and I want to encourage you that God knows your situation and what you're praying for and that God loves you he's going to be there for you he hears you because he loves you so much that he gave his only son for you So as we pray, and we're going to pray with you and pray for you, I want to ask you, church, to pray with them and pray for them. And maybe you're out in the audience for whatever reason. You couldn't muster up the courage to come. That's okay. It's not the position of the body. It's the position of the heart. But this is a wonderful place to pray. So we're going to pray together. And if you would, church, those of you that's praying for each other, would you just stretch your hands out and say, we're going to pray over these. Heavenly Father, God, right now, I lift God to you, every person, God who feels hopeless, God, or feels like that, God, you just really don't know their situation, and God, you wonder, uh, they wonder, God, if you hear their prayers, and, and they wonder, God, do you really care? God, I pray you show yourself real to every person that's came forward to pray, or every person in this audience. Show yourself real to them, Jesus. I pray, God, as you came to Hagar, you come to them right now, and let them know that you're there. You're never gonna leave them, you're never gonna forsake them, you're gonna be with them, even to the ends of this world. 
Bless them, God. Bless their situation, God. Restore their hope. God, bless them with this great future that's not for disaster, but it is for good. So bless them. Be with them. Favor them. Make your face shine upon them, Lord. And God, may it be a new day to not look to the past, but look to the glorious future, Heavenly Father, that you have for each and every one of us. And we pray and we claim this today in Jesus' name. But as we keep praying, we want to pray for those of you that may be here. Your heart's heavy because you've never received Jesus' salvation. The most beautiful name as we continue to pray is the name of Jesus, whereby salvation is in no other but Jesus, Acts 4.12. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, this is your moment. That's why you're here, friends. You're not here by chance. You're here because Jesus wants to come in your heart and he wants to save your soul. He wants to give you life and life everlasting. So if that's you today, right now, I want you to lift your hand real high and say, I need to receive Jesus for the first time. Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium. Just say, I need to pray for Jesus to come into my heart. All right. Just lift your hand real high and back down. Let us see that. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you pray and we pray with you. It's your prayer that gives it to the Heavenly Father. I invite you into my heart and life today. I believe you gave your life for me, Jesus, that you lived and you died and you rose again for my sins I pray that you would forgive me of my sins and I pray that you would help me make you the Lord of my life save me my life is yours now if you truly prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul thank Jesus right where you're at and he's going to give you the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to go with you from this day forward. The beginning has just taken off for your future with him forever. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. We lift praise and adoration to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And everybody shouts, amen. Let's give him praise today, church, all right? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Now, we're going to go into a time of giving, and I just want to say thank you for that. And got a couple of very important things to tell you, so if you don't have an emergency, please don't take off yet. But we're going to go into a time of giving. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, my wife and I, we always look forward to this time because we get to do it. And I get excited when I get to give back to God because God, everything I have, the resources, everything I have that God has blessed me with, it's His. And, and so I get to give back and where He's blessed me, I get to be a blessing. So that's why we do this time and we want to be cheerful givers for God. And so thank you for that, that we get to reach this community to know God. That's our heart here. I'm going to pray over that in just a moment. And there's multiple ways you can do that. You can do that through electronically. You can do it on the kiosks out there. You can do it on the app. You can do it on our website. You can do it tangibly as you leave. But however you do that, God bless you and thank you for that we together collectively get to make a difference in this world, reaching people to know Jesus. And, uh, but right now, if you gave your life to Christ, do me a huge favor. If you did that online, click the button on there. You'll know where to go to. Click on it. Let us know that. We'll follow up with you. If you did it here, take a, uh, what I want you to do, if you prayed that prayer, come and see me over at Next Steps. I'll be at Next Steps over at the cross from the coffee bar. Let me know that you prayed that prayer. And then I'll be able to share some things with you there about your future baptism and things like that. It's very important. And uh, also, if you're here today and you're, we call you VIPs, very important people. We love you. And most of all, God does. If you would, take a card out of the back of the seat, fill it out, take it out the info desk, 
And they're going to give you a gift to say thank you to commemorate this day that you came. But I don't want it to end there today. Give us a three-peat. What I mean by that is give us three Sundays to check it out and to see if this is the church family for you. And after three Sundays, if it's not, we'll help you find a church of your choosing because everybody needs a church family. And we love you so much that we want you to have one, okay? But other than that, right now, I'm going to pray over the offering. And then when I do, two things I'll share with you, then we'll cut you loose. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. Thank you for letting us give back to you to be able to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission to reach people locally and globally and everywhere in between. God, I thank you, God, that we get to bless you back. You have blessed us so much. May you multiply it and use it collectively for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so immediately after this service, we're having our Summer's End party out here. It's going to be plenty of food, fun, games for everybody. You don't want to miss that. If you don't have somewhere you have to go, hang around. We'd love for you to hang around, spend time with you. It's going to be a great time. And also, once again, I want to reiterate, our next steps class is our newcomers class. I think they're going to put that up on the screen. If you want to see what your next step is with Freedom Church, this is where you come to. This will be on Sunday, September 11th at the end of this service. Uh, we will take care of your kids. As long as you let us know they're coming, we'll watch them, take good care of them. We'll have a lunch for you, and we'll be able to share with you, with our staff and our pastors, our vision, our values, and our future together. And we'd love to share that with you. So do that. Pull up that QR code. Let us know you're coming. If something happens, you don't do the QR code, that's fine. Just take a card, put on there, me and my family, whatever's coming, and drop it in the office on your way out. Other than that, I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you came today. We're going to have a great party outside. Other than that, I look forward to seeing you out there. And if you cannot absolutely stay and you leave, come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. I love you. God bless you.